Well, good morning, everyone. Can you believe it? Today we are at the summit. Today we ascend to the point. And our mini-series, your playlist to victory. Uh, you'll see it's a three-verse psalm. And that's the point. This is the point. This is where it lands. And today I've called it track number 16. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I think that just encapsulates not just the psalm, the whole series we have been focusing or the, the attempt has been over the last 15 weeks to get our attention onto God. Find the promises of God. Gain the confidence in God. All right. And this will be good for us. It was good for King Hezekiah. It was good for the city of Jerusalem. It turned out very beneficial for Judah and for the northern um, kingdom as they were consolidated. Um, and it couldn't be better for us. I literally mean it. This is the place to be um, in 2021. And it's the best place you could be even tomorrow morning. Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, every day, every day. We have seen, as we look over our shoulders uh, over the series, um, if we go right back to the very first one in this album, Psalm 120, how does it start? It starts with, I call on the Lord in my distress, right? It's like a, woe is me, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, I call on the Lord in my distress. Okay, and, and where are we now? Praise the Lord. Psalm 134 verse 1. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. We're going to read it in a moment. But just see the trajectory. See where we've come from and where we have landed. Okay, King Hezekiah ha is beholding the Lord and encouraged in the Lord and has got victory in the Lord. But that was not without its fair share of struggle pain and tears and trials and the children of Judah have suffered much through the Assyrian invasion Hezekiah has suffered much with his illness his childlessness the big project ahead is going to um, involve a lot of sacrifice and a lot of struggle and I suppose the question is why why this why this way why, why does God use trials? He uses trials to purify us, to strengthen us in our faith. Someone once said that it would be a false love if it were any other way. That's right. It would be a false love any other way. Because if it was protecting us from this, we would not find God. It would not lead us to a greater intimacy with God. And so these struggles, these trials, these contexts push us to God. And so it is perfectly, it's perfect love that allows us to find Him. This is our treasure. And that's love. As it says in Psalm 84, The Lord is my son and my shield. He bestows honor and glory. No good thing does He withhold from those who whose walk is blameless. And so we've seen over the series that King Hezekiah, the people of Judah, they behold the Lord in this affliction. They believe in the Lord and they gain this confidence. Nothing is too difficult for him. Remember, 
They behold Him, the Maker of heaven and earth. They believe in Him. Nothing is too difficult for Him. And then they bless Him. They bless Him for His forgiveness and His faithfulness. And so, well, where do we end? We've basically come full circle. Where does Hezekiah go when he's in trouble? We've seen it. When he's in trouble, he goes to the temple, and that's where he leaves us, in the temple, in the house of the Lord. This is what is dear to King Hezekiah's heart. Uh, we, we read it in Isaiah 38 verse 20. Hezekiah said, The Lord will surely save me, so we will play my songs on string instruments all the days of our life at the house of the Lord. He's the one that opened the doors of the temple. He's the one that reinstated the worship of God, put it back on the agenda of the nation. This is close to his heart, right? And he did what was good and right and true before the Lord. Every work which he began in the service of the house of the Lord, in law and in commandment, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and he prospered. 2 Chronicles 31 verse 20. And the same for us. So our starting place, our enabling and our ending place is beholding God, believing God and blessing God. It's, it's where he started. It's how he got through and it's where he ends and remains. And the same for us, friends, that it, we couldn't be in a better place. We couldn't be in a better position. A, a, we couldn't be richer in blessings by doing the same with all of our heart. Beholding our Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Believing the Lord. Putting our confidence in his promises. Nothing is too difficult for him. And blessing the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Blessing the Lord, praising the Lord. What exactly is that? And now we read from Psalm 134, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all your servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, He who is the Maker of heaven and earth. And may God bless the reading of His Word to us today. What can we take home from this little psalm today? We could take home a few things. and We can take home a definition of what it is to praise the Lord. To praise the Lord, all right, when we bless God, when we praise God, we, we are enhancing, giving light to, exposing, making famous, helping people not to forget God's character his, and His reputation. Right? We are punching God's character, His reputation, into the hearts and minds of people. That's what it means when we bless the Lord. That's what we echo. That's what we're condoning. That's what we're liking. That's what we're sharing. And what do we say? God is all we need. All we need. All right? And King Hezekiah is taking the same path that previous kings have done. All right? King Solomon found this at the end of his life. King David did this. King David did this in the temple when all was going well. Right? You can read Psalm 103. And he did it when all was going pear-shaped in the cave on the run from King Saul, who was out to kill him, in Psalm 34. So good days, bad days. What does King David do? He blesses the Lord. He praises the Lord. And, uh, and you'll know, in the cave... That was very significant when he turned that cave into a, 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 an anthem, a, a stadium of praise. When he did that, he was changed. And you know the story. Men were drawn to that cave. Men in debt, men in grief, 
men in pain, men in anger, and in that, anth- in that stadium of praise, out of that brokenness, what happened? God transformed them to an army. Okay, so we'll get to this reciprocal nature of blessing God because it comes back to us a hundredfold, a hundredfold. But let's take that first step. Thank you, Mr. Bruce. I'm borrowing from his point that to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, this is exactly what you're doing. It has a goal, an agenda, an aim, and that is to punch God into this devilish atmosphere. Amen? Amen. And when we do that, is that it? It's a means to a greater end, as it was for David. So it was for King Hezekiah, and the great strength and life change that took place in him, as it was for Jerusalem, when they united and did this, what did God do? When they took faith in God's promises, when they beheld Him, they believed Him, and they blessed Him. God rescued that city. He rescued a nation. So there's great life change in this position of worship. What else can we take home? Well, we could take home, as it says in the end of verse 1, Okay, Praise the Lord, all your servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord, minister, who serve. To, and, and that's what I want to, to underline this morning, that to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, is nothing less than surrendering to Him, surrendering to Him, to trust Him, to obey Him. You are ready to serve. You are ready to listen. You are ready to act on what the Lord does. That's your disposition. To bless Him and to praise Him is nothing less You are ready to be instructed. You are gladly ready to be instructed. You gladly surrender because your heart has been perforated with the mercies of God, completely saturated with the grace of God, completely enveloped with the hope of God. There is no other response that's adequate. The only adequate response is to serve the Lord and minister to the Lord. Be ready to... To trust and obey. What does Romans 12, 8 to 1 tell us? I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. All right? That's everything. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is good pleasing and perfect will. So present your body, surrender under the reign of grace. Don't be squeezed into the world's mold, but be transformed. There's that that undeniable byproduct of blessing God, praising God, and what it brings. And uh, you, you remember that priests, if we go back to the Old Testament, what were priests to do? Specifically, what were priests to do specifically? I'll just take one reference from Deuteronomy 10 verse 8. Deuteronomy 10 verse 8 says, At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry, and these were the priests, to do two things. To carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Okay, so they were the ones to carry the ark of the Lord. Because it was a tabernacle at that time, they alone were the ones to carry literally the presence of God into the tabernacle. All right, then comma. To stand before the Lord, to minister, to serve. All right? So do whatever the Lord asked them to do. That's the second thing. And the third thing, 
and to pronounce blessings in his name as they still do today. They were to bless others. They were to carry the Ark of the, of the Covenant, to stand before the Lord ready to serve, and to bless in the name of God. Others. And that pattern goes through to today. Or does it? <laughs> or does it? Are you carrying the presence of God? Are you ready, watching, waiting, eager, expecting before it's too late? And are you blessing others, ready to bless others? All right. That's a whole sermon on its own. What else can we take from this little anthem? From this little anthem, we can see in verse 2 that praising the Lord involves lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Okay? And we as Baptists maybe have lost this somewhere. <laughs> but let's recover this biblical precedent of raising our hands. Now, I know we don't want to be showboating. We don't want to be posturing. And there is a sense in which this can be done hypocritically. Okay? But let's not allow what could be done to eclipse what should be done. What should be done? Hands lifted. That's how we bless the Lord. How, how easy is that? How simple is that? Raise your hands to the Lord in the sanctuary in worship. And that blesses God. That praises God. Hallelujah. There's biblical precedent. Your hands speak. They speak. So sing. Shout. Raise your hands, people. Raise your hands. They, they, they symbolize everything that we've been talking about. A beholding of God. Because you're pointing to God, literally. You're pointing to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are embodying a visible demonstration of surrender. I'm ready. I'm eager. I'm open. When you raise your hands, you, you're expressing a vulnerability, a dependence. Okay? It's a posture of receiving. Of receiving. It's, it's a posture of, of saying, Abba Father. Abba Father. I'm loved by you and you. You know this. You see it in children. You see it in the stadia across the world. You see it. Hands are raised. And it should be no less in the sanctuary of God, who is our ultimate, who is our super thing. And yes, our worship is imperfect on this side of heaven. We fail. We struggle. We sin. We are trivial. We are self-centered. We are oblivious to God. Okay, so it's imperfect. But friends, walking before God in total honesty and transparency by the grace of God in Jesus Christ is freeing us to raise our hands. We are quick to confess our sin, to forsake our sin. We are quick to know Jesus and His love. Amen? Well, we are quick. To, if Jesus put it this way in John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. So in other words, a person who says he loves God and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But we're blessing the Lord, punching God's character and His reputation into this devilish atmosphere. We're blessing the Lord, ready to obey, ready to trust, right? Ready to bless others. We're 
And we raise our hands because of the grace of God, because of what Jesus did for us. He makes our worship perfect. We stand on Him. So raise your hands. You raise your hands. You pray, you sing, you hear the Word of God, you take communion, you give uh, of your, your stuff and your money. You, you worship Him and you worship Him with your hands. And then we also see, I mean, you could see just in the first two verses, to praise God, to bless God, to worship God is something that is seen and it's something that is heard. This is vocal. It's audible. It's visible. Okay, I'm going to say it again. It's vocal. It's audible. It's visible. Man, alive. Why wouldn't you want to raise your hands? Why wouldn't you want to sing? And speak and demonstrate. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it would, you would stick out like a sore thumb, right? If you were at a, at, at, at today, if you had the money uh, to get to a Champions League event in Europe, in the stadium, you stand there or sit, hands folded, legs crossed, head down for the entire match and you see you see how peculiar that is compared to what's going on around you 80 to 100,000 people going absolutely mad raising their hands it's vocal it's audible it's visible their passion friends it should be the same for God audible visible vocal why wouldn't you why wouldn't you this is praise and this blesses God it's not about the other people. It's about you and God. And then we see, right at the end of verse 3, here it comes. Here's the tsunami <laughs> blessing. It says, May the Lord bless you from Zion, He who is the maker of heaven and earth. I mean, in other words, none of this happens. None of this happens if God didn't take the first step. May the Lord bless you from Zion. And when you bless the Lord, there is a receiving of blessing. It's reciprocal. It's cyclical. And it's unending. You bless Him, He blesses you. You bless Him, He blesses you. Over and over and over. You've just read it in, your book, in the Bible then. May the Lord bless you from Zion. Praise the Lord, all your servants who minister by night. Lift up your hands and the Lord will bless you. And coming back to the priest's context, what were they to do with others? They were to bless others with a blessing that of God. Number 624, it's infamous. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace. Now that's a specific blessing Aaron was instructed to bless the people with. So as we bless God, this is how God blesses us. So friends, if you want peace, if you want grace, if you want protection, if you want provision, if you want guidance, it all happens in this context of worship. You blessing God, praising God. You extending God's character and reputation. You standing before Him ready to trust and obey. You ready to and visibly show it, vocally, visibly, hands lifted, mouths open, feet ready, right? And it's seen and it's heard. And you can expect what? You can expect, God says, I'm draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. 
It's in that context where God reveals himself and we are empowered to go forward. We're given boldness to speak out. It's always like that. That's the pattern of, you know, God takes the first step to meet his children. And the child does what? He worships. God takes the first step. The child worships. And in that encounter, instruction is given. Guidance is given. A plan is sent. And that child is given the power to fulfill the instructions given by God. I love this quote by Kinder. It says, To bless God is to acknowledge gratefully what He is. But to bless man, God must make him what he is not and give him what he has not. To bless God is to acknowledge gratefully what he is. But to bless man, God must make him what he is not and give him what he has not. So we bless him for what he is and what he has done. And God blesses us by changing us. As we bless him, God reciprocates with life change. Life change. Now, if you're joining us for the service today, we're going to have people of God put the exclamation point on this whole series. You're going to speak, you're going to share, you're going to testify to the goodness and the greatness of God. And as we do that, ABC, as we continue to do that, not just on Sundays corporately, but individually, friends, tomorrow you do this. You take this stance. You do this practice and you you see what God does, despite your context. Despite our sufferings, despite our situations, good day, bad day. Amen. This is our disposition before God. And may God bless you and keep you. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you for your wonderful goodness to us. Father, the fact that our sins are forgiven and that we have a right standing before a holy and mighty God means everything to us. And because of that standing, we have everything we need. We know in you is life, forgiveness, truth and power and grace, mercies, peace and joy, faith and hope and love. Thank you, God Almighty. In you we have everything to live. In you we have everything to worship. In you we have everything to take another step forward. In you we have all the boldness and all the, all the power to make your name great, to continue to exalt the name of Jesus, to lift up the high, the banner of Jesus Christ, to speak your name, share your light, be the salt. Oh God, give us that, we pray, as we bless your high and holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for again reminding us clearly what blessing and praising your name is. And may it be done authentically by every person listening to this message today. We want to be the real deal. We want our works to have merit. We would have works of gold and silver, not of wood, hay, and straw. We want works that are going to stand and last time, not stuff that's going to be burnt up. We would have everything that we build our life upon be upon the rock of Jesus and not be washed away. Our Lord, help us to be true, not just in singing songs on Sunday, but in worshiping you in our daily lives. Lord God, thank you for reminding us how great and wonderful you are, how loving and compassionate you are. I just want to close with a reading from Psalm 103.
Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with the love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Amen.